Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is a new day. Every day is new in the Lord. Amen. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Okay. Our Heavenly Father, we will humbly bow before thee and in acknowledgement of thy goodness would confess thee to our God. We thank thee for thy manifold mercies and continued love and care to us. So unworthy of any of thy blessings, we confess our sins and pray that for the sake of Christ, thou wouldest forgive us and help us to so live that everywhere we may carry the spirit and the life of the master with us. Grant that we may have that purity of heart by which we may be always able to see thee. Grant that we may have that purity of heart by which we may be always able to see thee. May we see our opportunities every day and help us to use them that we may be best ministers to our fellow men and bring glory to thy great and holy name. Lead us day by day. May we obediently follow thee, lovingly doing thy will, and seek so to express the love of Christ that others will be led to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. While thy believing followers may be better, be, be better established in the faith, be gracious to all in sadness and difficulty. Help them to fully trust in thee and realize ever thy presence with them. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Savior. And I also ask, Father, that you will continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, will be those things you want me to say. And that we all will have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking now. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're continuing where we left off at last week. Hebrews chapter 1. So this is, this is really a part two of that chapter where we're picking up at verse 8. Remember we did 1 through 7. So we're going to pick up at verse 8. And where we left off last week is where the writer is explaining how Jesus, the Son of God, the first fruit of sonship, is exalted above the angels. It continues with the exaltation of Jesus above all his creation. Um, the title is the part two of the supremacy of Christ is why we are saved. When we come to understand that supremacy of Christ, it gives us a better understanding of our salvation. When we have a better understanding of our salvation, we are not deceived not only by the deceptions of Satan, but we are not deceived by the tactics of men. False teaching and false religion. The reason why we embrace and deal and accept these things is because we have not been fully convinced of who our Savior is, therefore not understanding who we are in him. Okay? I will be saying that 
until I'm fully convinced by the actions of what I see that we have understood. Amen? So, uh, starting with verse 8, and we're going to read through uh, 14, and that's, that is as far as we're going to get today. Verse 8 says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, we, we know that this is God is speaking to Jesus. Amen? But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne of God is forever and ever. A scepter, scepter, which is really a ruler's stick or guide, of righteousness is the rule of thy kingdom, the scepter of our kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, have anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows or above thy companions. Who are the companions? These are some spiritual beings that God uses for his kingdom that does not equal and can never be superior than God. Now, when you see the word iniquity, um, what we need to recognize, because that's the sin that we were all born into. This is why we have to be saved, to be free from it. So that word means lawlessness. We were born sinful to commit sin and not obey the law. Okay? It's so hard to convince people of that because they think that they're okay. And even without Christ, they think, yeah, what's the problem? I'm a good person. Well, first of all, if you were born again, you wouldn't even have said you were good because the Bible tells us there's none good <laughs> but the Father. Okay, so, so, so we don't need to think so highly of ourselves than what we should. Okay, so verse 10 says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall all wax old as doeth a garment. Hmm. Or grow well old as doeth a garment. And as a vesture shall thy fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Mm. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool? We know that this is what God told Jesus. So which one of the angels did he tell that to? Okay. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Okay, now let's go back to verses 8 and 9. I think I better read them again <laughs> because we're going to get this. <laughs> but unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. There's no other deity. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Your rule of righteousness is the rule of kingdom, and there is no other kingdom but the kingdom of God. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated 
sin or lawlessness. Therefore, God, even thy God, have anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. That's, that is so powerful. These quotes prove and exalt the deity of God because they may be other deities that people reference or believe in. God's deity is the only eternal deity and the first cause for everything. Now, did you remember when it says that how his righteousness was going to rule forever? Okay, that means eternity because not only is God the first cause of, of everything, but he is the beginning and the ending of all things because he created all things. So whatever other kind of deity that pops up does not have the rule, the power, and the superiority over what's going on in this world. Amen? Okay, now... Um, he, uh, the writer kind of breaks this down into parts to show that he is the highest and the only real deity. First, he says, your throne of God is forever and ever. Tell me what has been created that is going to last forever and ever. I mean, just at the top of your head, what creations do you know that you see in this world is going to last forever and ever? None. But God's throne is. <laughs> this is not, these are not trick questions. Trust me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the scepter of righteousness. Now, which means is the rule, is the rulership of righteousness. Now, I looked up righteousness. I know we all know it or we think we know it, but sometimes it's good just to hear what the definition is saying. So in, so in the Webster's di Dictionary, it says, arising from an outrage uh, sense of justice or morality. Upright acting according to what is right. That's morality from the Webster. Now, from my biblical dictionary, it says, uprightness in God. All that comes from God. In the Old Testament, it was the laws. Remember, the laws came from God given to Moses, all right, in order to keep people in line and in order. Why? Because sin had entered into the earth, and without a law to govern, you don't do what's right automatically when you've been born with a sinful nature. So he created the Ten Commandments to govern us, all right? So if you kept the law, you were righteous in God. But failure happened more than righteousness. So God came up with a grace plan. <laughs> glory which was introduced in the new testament in the new testament grace through jesus christ we have all been stamped righteous by his blood of salvation and can now confess and repent to continue in righteousness 
glory, which means that he made a provision for our weakness so that we don't have to be in and out of righteousness. We continue to flow in righteousness unless you make a decision of your will <laughs> to stay out. Amen? Because with Jesus and the cleansing power of his blood and the working power of the Holy Ghost, righteousness could be worked through the law, which has been proven to fail over and over again. So what does that mean? Because of the cleansing power of Jesus' blood that works along with the working power of the Holy Ghost in us, we do not have to dwell in sin that keeps us out of a righteous state. Amen? We will fall, but we get back up. And we're able to then confess it, and he cleanses us, which means he will deliver you from the root of what keeps coming up against you. Because remember, Satan is not all-knowing. He recognized your behavior pattern. He recognized your constant conversation that causes you to do stupid stuff. He stays on you, but God says, I'm not just going to forgive them. I have equipped them with the ability to see greater than what physically appears. I will allow them to see through the spirit realm so that you're not deceived. He says, brother, I would not have you to be ignorant of the devices of Satan. So he will allow you to see in the spirit what the evil spirits can't see. Remember, they are looking at behavior patterns and they're listening to your negative thought pattern and they work it according to that but the Holy Spirit knows what's inside he also knows what the father's intentions are for your life even when you don't know and so he gets what the father wants to happen in that particular situation he speaks it in your spirit then it allows you to go to the word and look for word that you can confess and claim uh, to come against that that's trying to come against you to destroy you and the purposes of God that set for your life because he don't want Jesus to be glorified by your life. We serve a powerful God. We serve a God that nobody can come against and do anything against. But the problem is, as believers, do you believe it? Have you received it? It Again, this is not about church activity. This is about knowing your Savior who came to save you on this side of heaven. Stop sitting around waiting to go to heaven. He wants you to have a victorious, peaceful, joyful life on this side. And that means not that everything is going to work perfectly well. Not that everything goes good all the time. Not that you always feel, oh. No, it means that in those times, you don't lose 
faith. You don't lose hope. You don't miss a step because you know who's holding on to you. You know who has you. And then in spite of what's going on, hallelujah, Jesus, you just keep on pressing. Keep on pressing on. Because what? Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. So you have, we have our moments, but let it be a moment. Don't make it a lifestyle. Don't make it a haven. When you have a safe haven. So he's made everything possible for us that you can come up, come out. <laughs> come up, come out. Don't dwell. Don't wallow. Because when you do, you put a new sheriff in operation. And his name is the father of lies, the spirit of darkness, the father of ignorance. You don't want that. You don't have to deal with it. Because you serve a superior God, a supreme God. Amen? And so the Holy Ghost works in us what we can't do on our own because he is working on behalf of the Father to do his will. Amen. Ain't that good news? Because, because sometimes we, we're so, so blinded, he has to almost knock us down just to recognize you're operating in blindness. <laughs> he ain't trying to knock you down and make you do his will. He'll knock you down for you to see you're in darkness so then you can begin to start saying and doing what's necessary to come up out of it so he can do what he had intended to do for you. Amen. Amen. That could not be worked through the law. <laughs> and, and, and it has fell over and over and over again. And so this is why God blessed us with Jesus Christ. Now, a perfect example of how the law cannot work righteousness in us. The law kinds of try to keep, keep some order and peace if you follow it. But it certainly cannot work any righteousness in it. Because we obey the law because we're afraid of the penalty. You're afraid of the consequences. The difference of serving God and serving the law is... You obey what God says because you love him too much to do the wrong. And you are convicted by your love for him, not by the punishment that you think you're going to get. Amen? Now, look at prisoners. To those who are in prison, who were ministered to in prison and accepted Jesus, studied the word, and took responsibility for their sins when release was physically and spiritually free. Y'all get that? Those who didn't accept or partake in the gift of, of grace came out of jail with, with the same criminal mindset and either found other projects to do and to be slick in or perfected the original one that they went to prison for to perform it differently. That's what, that's what the law does. The law does is giving you time to sit around and figure out, now what did I do wrong to get caught? Now how can I work this thing better where they won't, won't catch me this time, okay? Or let me come up with something else. Why? 
Because when you have a sinful criminal mind, only the blood of Jesus can change that. You can go there and talk to your complexion change, but if you ain't talking Jesus' talk, they're not going to change. Amen? If Jesus isn't on the scene, none of us can change. So as an end result, they come out doing some of the same things of other things, but they're never change. And even if they don't get caught the second time, and they think they got by. They think they're getting by because they're doing things and they're not getting caught. Well, baby, if you don't ever get caught by the law of the land, the law of righteousness is going to catch you. And the dwelling place I hear is eternal. So you're, you're not being wise. And anybody who know of people like that, and you're not ministering Jesus and him crucified to them to change them. You think because they come out and may get a job and somewhere to stay that they're okay? That's the flesh. The soul is still bound. And it has an eternal future. And how are you going to live with yourself knowing that their eternity is in hell while you go around doing all your little righteous stuff. You see, <laughs> punishment can't deliver you. It makes you clever, not free. Amen? The, the, the other uh, thought from uh, uh, verses 8 through 9, I guess that's what I'm on. His throne introduced a more powerful love of law. See, his love is not like physical love. So it's so high that it makes you want to obey the laws of the land because you're governed by a higher force that tells you what's right and convict you when you think contrary to that. So because now you were born again, born of the Spirit of Christ, washed by his blood, now you want to pay your taxes. You want to file your taxes without cheating. You don't sit up and make statements like, well, the government got more money than I do. Well, of course the government is going to have more money than you do when the money is coming from all of us. <laughs> you know, sin drives you crazy. It don't even make you think. The government money is coming from all of the people who dwell in the land. You ain't getting money from people in the, all of the people who are dwelling in the land. <laughs> Plus, you put the government in force to rule and to govern. And so you're never going to equal up to what they have. And why are you trying? When there's sinful, wicked, evil people who are actually governing our land without any concern about who the founder is. Also, God introduces oils of anointing. Oils of anointing. And I'm not talking about the little bottle of oil, okay? <laughs> Such as gladness. The oil of gladness. That's an anointing. 
the oil of peace, the oil of joy. It comes from the Father. It is an anointing that he covers us with to protect us from the forces of evil so that you can overcome what he says, I have already overcome. See, we only think about a bottle of oil that you're going to have a prayer line and you're going to dot it on people. I keep telling you that represents your faith. It has no power. The oil itself don't have any power. You know, in the Bible, the oil came from the pressing. That means, that what God has pressed out of you to perfect you to be something different, there is now left an anointing on you to now pray and bless others who's dealing with the same situation you've been delivered from. Because of the power that now has been resurrected since he's taken the junk out, it's been refilled with the fruit of Jesus' spirit. That's why I keep saying, when we know who we are and whose we are, then you can operate in season and out of season. You don't have to have no preparation time. Be ready. Be ready. And understand what he's delivered you from. Stop walking around here trying to act like some super religious saint that have never ever done anything wrong. Well, if you've never done anything wrong, there's no anointing on your life. There can't be any power in your life. You were born good. And he's never saved you from anything to cause the anointing to flow. You're just dull. So don't be envying and, and coveting other people when they're operating in certain gifts and anointing because you don't know the hell they've just been through. You don't know where they came from to be where they are presently. Amen? I, I, I know I used to, uh, a few years back, get so upset about, I'm like, there must be something wrong with me. God, why are you always sending these kind of people to me? You know, it's like work, work, work. And my daughter said, uh, you know, it is called, and I'm talking about my, my ministry. I'm not talking about all ministry. It is called a deliverance ministry. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so that means that because of all that he personally, I'm not talking about, I, I, I didn't get delivered in a line. I didn't get delivered because the five-fold ministry pronounced something over me. I, all of my deliverance came on my living room floor, my bathroom floor. I ain't going to tell you all the other places in the bathroom. In my bedroom, where God personally delivered me from some stuff. And I actually experienced it, and it was just almost like mind-blowing. Okay, but I didn't understand I accepted that and was happy, but I didn't understand I was being prepped. Okay? So therefore, the, the, the anointing that is on my life and on this ministry, the DNA, is deliverance and prayer. Amen? Because I learned how to pray effectual prayers 
to stand and to continue to walk in what God has snatched me out of. And then I learned how much hell I was in before Christ and the wickedness that I had been walking in. See, we think even when you've been morally up, up, uh, 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 brought up, you just think that you're just, just wonderful, like I used to think. To only find out after being born again, you are a mess. And thank you, Jesus. Amen. So the, the anointing comes on us from what he has brought us from. That's why you have to acknowledge how you got from there to here. That's, there is no secret. He wants you to know that you were able to be delivered from or overcome some situations because of my spirit. Now recognize it and declare it so that you'll be able to help. It's not science. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he will reveal to you how you were able to hold on and overcome what the flesh and our emotions can't handle. Amen. And when he delivers you from a particular thing, he then input one of his fruit. So when you're praying, God, I need your joy. I need your peace. I need your love. Watch what happens. You will be challenged by some stuff in your life that will, if you act, respond to it like you need to, you'll know whether or not you've gotten what you asked for. If, if you never get to see the test, you'll never know you received the fruit. Okay? I'm talking from experience. That's how I've known when he, uh, I possessed the fruit that I've been looking for. So that means that it is not a transaction like the caterpillar to the butterfly. You're going to go through some hell. You're going to go through some bad feeling. You're going to go through some stuff. But don't give up. It's just a test. And if you hold on, to God and do what he tells you to do. Let, let him direct your path every little moment. You'll find out when you get to the finish point and then he's going to show you his fruit. I, I, I remember one time when, I, I can't even remember the details of what I had been going through, but I was crying. I couldn't even figure out why, why I was crying. And so and when it was all over with and he says, you have my peace now. I says, that's what that was all about. <laughs> yes. You've been asking for the peace. So how would you know when you got it if a test never comes up? That's the whole purpose of the test coming up. To show you what you have inside of you. What has matured in you. So when we have these things that pop up, that is a disturbing the, the, the consistency of your day or whatever, don't get upset. 
Start asking God, how do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to pray? And if you can't, if you, you don't hear anything right away, begin to praise him. Let me just tell you about my morning already. I had um, speculated or depicted how much time I needed for, for studying and preparation. And I get a call. Cry for help. I'm like, oh, Jesus, because based on the person who's calling, I know this is not going to be short term. <laughs> okay, Lord, am I going to get done? Okay, let me just focus on this person. And I did. <sighs> and that was the end of that. Okay, so then I get back to, to the message. And I was done with a whole hour left. Now I'm thinking, okay, so, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just uh, do some more devotional time and just praise you, whatever. And I, I came to that conclusion after I said, no, you ain't going to do no work in this house. Because that was the first thought. I got time to do da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, okay. All right. So I did the devotional and stuff like that. And, 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 um, and then when I was done, I still had... 20 minutes grace time but I didn't know what was coming forth when I heard from my daughter in Florida who they she and her husband have a trucking company and this has been going all on all week and I had just text praised uh, I prayed that everything is going da 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 and she respond and there is a challenge okay so God had graced me with enough time left over to handle situations that he knew was existing that I didn't. Amen? If I hadn't had that time, I wouldn't have had time to just really pray, then text her, respond, she call, call and talk, and all of that. And, but let me tell you, because of the prayers of the righteous, coming together, serving the one same God, the same Holy Spirit and everything else, God performed in that situation. And, and, and I don't have enough time to go through all of that, but it all dealt with favor, money, and everything else to keep that truck going in another state. Also, I realized, oh my God, because it was dealing with processing the money, her oldest child, Brooke, works in management for a bank. And asking God for favor and stuff, it opens up your mind. Call Brooke, tell Brooke, da 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 you know, and I'm saying, you need to tell this because he's in another state up north here. They live in Florida. The daughter is in Alabama. <laughs> oh, glory, and she's talking to me in Michigan. Oh, y'all ain't getting the whole big picture. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. And we're conspiring together by the word of God, not working plans and tricks and all of that. Okay, because I said, God, let Terry know you are working this out. And it's by the prayers that you are working this out. And did he not, the last call I got was a victory call. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
just as I'm getting into the shower, a full, full day already, and it was still a.m. <laughs> but when you trust him more, because you see, a lot of times you could be thinking about somebody or something, and you just think you're thinking of them. Well, I've been learning lately to, to just start praying, because sometimes it's not that those... More especially, I don't mean like just one little fleeting thought, but when you keep on thinking and it won't leave, that's when you need to ask God, how do I pray? Because I'm learning now uh, from, from in the past when uh, I thought I was just thinking about her because I miss her or whatever, and then she doesn't want to call me and upset me, and especially on the days of I'm ministering. She would, never would have. I started that today, okay. But... I've learned when I can't release it, then start praying and ask God, how do I pray? Because it may be something that's going on, and that's been, that's been the case. Because as an uh, intercessor and a person called to prayer, you got to be instant in season and out of season where you need to be praying because you never know. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, um, let's get back over to our, uh, our scriptures in Hebrews. Um, man made deities or man who call people into deities do not have supernatural power to do any of those things that we just talked about that God is capable of doing. So you can raise... You can raise anything and anyone up on a throne all you want, but it has no power to save you, to give you all of gladness, joy, or peace. Amen? Now, uh, verses uh, 10 through 12, I'll read them again. Uh, in Hebrews, we're still in Hebrews 1, verses 10 through, through 12. And, the, and, and thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax or grow old, as doeth a garment. That's why you don't put your worth in earthly treasures and vessels, okay? Because one day the world, worlds God created will be folded up like a linen garment, like a tablecloth. <laughs> the worlds, do y'all hear what I'm saying? That's his creation. They're going to be all folded up. It's going to end. It's not going to last. Amen? <laughs> but Christ will remain. He will be the same as he always been and his existence will never end. Now, we're going to go to some scriptures to, to uh, su support that. Let's go over to Isaiah 34. Isaiah 34, verse 4. And it says, And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved. The host of heaven. Those are the angels and anything else that has a spiritual being will be dissolved. Okay, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll 
and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falling off from the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree. Stay in Isaiah and go over to chapter 50. And we're going to look at verse 9. Chapter 50, verse 9. And it says, Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. <laughs> the moth should eat them up. So why should you be afraid? Psalms 27 tell us not to be afraid of men or nothing else. If God is on your side, okay? They're, even if they manage to do something, they can't win. 51.6, Isaiah 51.6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And they that dwell therein should die in like manner. But my salvation should be forever and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Amen. Go over to Psalms uh, 102. Psalms 102, and we're going to read verses 25 through 27. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, as a vesture shall thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. So, who do you want to serve? <laughs> and, uh, and in my uh, commentary uh, for those verses, it says, The dignity of the Son is the dignity of God. But the dignity of the angels is that of mere servants. They are servants of the Lord that God uses to serve us. Amen. We put too much credence in supernatural things without having the full understanding of who they are, what they're about, and what their purposes are. Amen. So I'm going to read a little bit about the angels and, 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 and let me read my little comment first, and then I'll complete it with, with uh, some commentary. And it says, um, although angels are not superior or equal to Jesus, they occupy an important role in the lives of believers today as ministering angels. Amen. Now, this is the write-up in here concerning angels. I'm going to read this, and I'm also going to read something from uh, Dr. David Jeremiah's Bible commentary. It says, angels are created spiritual beings who are servants of God. They are created spiritual beings who are servants of God. Now, those who serve God like that are not the fallen angels. Uh, the word angel means messenger. Though they also have power to become visible in human form, they are incorporeal beings possessing intellect, emotion, and will. The word angel is always used in the masculine gender, although sex in the human sense is never ascribed to them. They have great power, but are not omnipotent. They have extensive wisdom, but are not 
omniscient. The number is great, but not limitless. Man is made a little lower than the angel, although the same writer reminds us that Christ is greater than the angels. There are a number of benefits derived from understanding the ministry of angels. When we realize that they constantly observe our Christian lives, we will improve our conduct. When we understand how they protect us, we will appreciate God's care for us. When we consider their tremendous strength and ability, we will be encouraged. Finally, their example of unceasing service ought to motivate us to more consistent service for God. Now, um, David Jeremiah's commentary says that um, uh, Hebrews 1.14 gives us one of the clearest statements about the purpose of heaven's angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Angels help to assure that God's will on earth is done. Now, in both the Old and New Testaments, there are many occasions where the angels were working on behalf of God and, and ministering to the people uh, uh, on earth, like uh, giving the law to Moses, rescuing the apostles from prison, uh, giving revelation to John in the book of, 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 of Revelation, um, uh, the angels appearing to the, to the mothers of uh, Samson, and um, John the Baptist, remember? They, to the mother of John the Baptist, okay? And um, uh, also the angel coming to Mary to inform her that she's going to be carrying uh, Jesus. And, uh, and, and it had to be the angels who led her to do what she needed to do in order for John the Baptist to get filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb of his mother. Y'all missed that. <laughs> oh, glory. Okay. So it says, not surprisingly, when angels in their true form come face to face, face with humans on earth, the humans often are told, do not be afraid. Be, be, because it is a frightening sight for something just pop up before you with no commonly appearance, okay? And so it says that um, a close encounter with a supernatural being startles the beholders, but it is not Jesus. Nevertheless, okay? Oh, it says they also are not equal to God or superior to Jesus, as some have claimed. The writer of Hebrews shows Jesus to be superior to the angels, for only he is God's son and the reflection of God's glory and character. However, because angels are supernatural beings created on a higher plane than humans, they are able to help us. Psalms 103.20 says angels excel in strength and do God's word heeding the voice of his word, which means when we speak God's word, we are directing angels to do what is pleasing unto the Lord. 
That's why I say you can speak to angels only by speaking his word, not telling angels do thus and so or calling out an angel's name. All you need to do is speak the word of God, and that is a command to them from God. For God and his ministering angels, their greatest adversary is Satan and his army of demonic angels. Because remember the angels that followed Lucifer. When Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, they were kicked out as well. And they work for Satan. Okay? Satan is sometimes called God's opposite, but God has no true opposite. I said that in, there's no opposite. Only God is uncreated, all-powerful, independent. Only God is uncreated. Did nobody create him? All-powerful, independent, infinite, and eternal. Satan, on the other hand, is none of these. Okay? It says, um, since, I mean, Satan has been allowed a limited role over all the earth the time in which he and his evil forces have in which to operate. However, it is already running down. During Jesus' earthly ministry, our Lord went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. When Christ cast out demons, it was a sign that God's kingdom had already invaded the rule of Satan to bring it to end. When Jesus went, was buried... That's when that rule of over Satan began. That's why he went down there to take authority over the wickedness and then rose and went up to heaven to sit on the right-hand side with the Father that said, it's done, it's finished, it's all done, but I've given that authority to men. Glory, okay? Mm. Satan and his angels do operate in the physical realm, but their battleground it's primarily the mind and the spirit. Where they seek to, see, to deceive God's people into disbelieving and disobeying God. Christ is an advocate for those Satan accuses. Those who Satan accuses, God is our advocate. Remember, he's called the accuser of the brethren. Okay, so, but he does that through human form. He'll come into human beings that want to accuse you. Oh, you just think you're so holy. Oh, you just think you know everything. You know who's, who's really speaking? Because first of all, if you're speaking biblical precepts and principles and somebody responds to you with that, you know it's Satan behind it. But I can't help but to get so angry because it's usually a born-again person that's doing that conversation. And I'm like, how do you let Satan have you speaking stupid stuff? He defends, we're talking about the Lord, he defends his people with his own shed blood. He has paid the price for our sin and made, Satan, made Satan's accusations groundless. Ah, that's a powerful statement. I hope you got it. Okay, he cannot stay in place. Only what God does will ground you and root you. What Satan is doing is groundless. It can be uprooted and changed 
all by the sound of your voice when your testimony lines up with this word. Because he's been already overcome. Hallelujah, Jesus. It says, Jesus has already won the victory so that even in the presence we can overcome Satan and his demons by the means God himself has provided, the armor of God, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and scripture. Speak the truth. It overrides lies anytime. Righteousness overcomes sin. Peace will pre prevent fear and stress and anxiety from overtaking you. You don't have to see the answer to have peace. You just need to know who the answer is. And faith will cause you to be suspended above the situation. Suspended above the situation. You don't have to wallow in it. Faith will allow you to arise above the situation. Salvation is for here on earth. Salvation is for here on earth. And how you respond and live by determines whether or not you go to heaven. People make that confession thinking it is a, 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 a ticket that cannot be canceled, turned in, or changed to go to heaven. It is a way for you to live on this side of heaven in victory so when you go home to be with the Lord for eternity, it's not just a ticket and sometimes people get saved and don't stay that way. The guarantee is how you live this side of heaven is going to determine eternity with the Lord. Amen? And the scripture is a two-edged sword. It pierces, it separates, and it divides. That's why the enemy don't want you in his word and learning his word to quote his word because he knows that the more you speak it, it's cutting the mess out of you like it's cutting the enemy out there. It's a two-edged sword. It's cutting you and it's cutting it. Amen? But when you're using it for good, it's delivering you and it's destroying it. But the enemy wants you to be ignorant and, and lazy and not be in his word and fight against that spirit of sleep. Okay, two things, because I'm really kind of angry right now about that. Two things. Set a time and take your butt to bed to get your rest. And if you are getting your rest, then recognize when you sit up here half sleep through the messages, who's putting you to sleep? And fight against it. Fight against it. You don't have to go to sleep because you feel sleepy. Talk to your flesh and tell it, no, you a lie, I'm staying awake in the name of Jesus. Talk to it. 
Don't give in to it. Don't you know that's what the enemy wants to do? If he puts you to sleep, you can't receive. How can you receive in your heart what your ears is blocked out? Because you're in another form on another world. And, and, and you know what? The people who need to hear the victorious way the most is the ones he deadens and put to sleep. Think about it. Instead of my normal benediction, I'm going to do this one. I feel we need it. We, you also probably need some healing by now. Okay. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly father so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose and be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you, May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being. Thank you, Jesus. And give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of his Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. And may traveling mercies go with you as you leave this place and to go to your next destination. And when you leave, don't forget, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord.